0: From the furthest reaches of your memory comes a new episode of Chad and Steve (laughs) Have a Podcast.
1: I remember those guys.
0: (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's been a minute or like six and a half weeks since uh, we last spoke, but we're back with episode 69.
1: Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, see? My name is... I didn't even know that.
0: My name is Chad Reynolds. I am the co-creator and executive producer of Clean My Space, YouTube's OG cleaning channel here on YouTube since 2010. The man on the other side of this microphone. It, actually, that doesn't sound right. I thought that that's what it was. The man on the other side, but that sounds like this microphone is somehow plugged into you which I assure
1: (laughs) assure you it's not. Uh,
0: The man on the other side of the screen, somewhere in California, (laughs) is Steve Ramsey. He's the creator of Woodworking from Your Mortals and the possessor of some of the best hair I've ever seen. Uh, Steve uploaded his very first video on YouTube back in 1983 (laughs) and ever since has been pretty much one of the longest running, most relevant creators in the woodworking space. We came together on this podcast to share stories and to talk YouTube and we ended up meeting a whole bunch of amazing creators along the way so it's very nice to be back in the saddle with you and Steve how are you doing
1: it's kind of a weird thing because it's, I don't think it was a conscious decision either of us made to like let's take some time off from the show but it kind of worked out that way and then you and I had a conversation last week and to talk about the show and figure out well, where does it go for, from here And I just kind of feel like this is Chad and Steve 2.0. I feel like this is just kind of we're evolving. The show is evolving and now we have a new era. We can take it in.
0: And I remember the first time that we named the show, we were trying to come up with a name and be like, should we make it like YouTube talk or like whatever it is, something very specific to a... I am now so happy that we decided just to name it our names and call it a podcast because that really does give us the freedom to kind of do what we will. And that was the most important part for me about taking this time off. And as Steve said, it it wasn't really planned or anything like that, but those six weeks were much needed because up here in Canada, we were Locked down again, so there was all of that, and then the mental health really started kind of like <laughs> playing a role in it. So it was very hard to kind of like. This podcast used to be the thing that got me away from the doldrums of what 2020 and 2021 have has been like, uh, and then it started kind of becoming a thing, like a thing to kind of like, oh yeah, I gotta gotta prepare for the podcast and gotta get ready for the podcast, right. and it kind of switched. Uh, like my perspective on the podcast. So I'm really happy that we had a few weeks off to just kind of reset and it allowed me to kind of look at what we've done so far, uh, but also kind of like look to the future. And maybe- Yeah,
1: I I kind of feel the same way. And it was uh, interesting that we both kind of came to that same emotional state at the same time, pretty much. And it was, uh, I mentioned to you last week, I think the favorite part about the show has been talking to guests and probably the least favorite part is finding those guests (laughs) finding said guests, (laughs) And, and, and getting and the preparation and the time and the i don't know if people realize how much work goes into an interview it's not an easy thing and it takes a lot of research we've got to watch a lot of videos that these people make and because most of the time we don't really know their content going into it that well we've seen a couple videos but the ghost is really interesting stuff they're doing now how can we talk to them for an hour and have an have an interesting conversation so all of that was just taking a lot of time and effort and so I'd like to say that we can keep doing interviews it's one of the things I really enjoy doing on this and, and my other podcast but I also think that we need to kind of bring it back to where we started with this is just you and me talking about stuff. And it's always going to have the YouTube related content
0: on it because that's what we do. In the first 11 episodes, we're just you and I talking about what we were doing on (laughs) YouTube. Those were horrible though. And it was, but I (laughs) went back, especially uh, like uh, a few weeks ago, I was just uh, wanting to go and listen to some older episodes. And I listened and there was such a naivety to the way we approached it but it actually worked because we were open and we just talked openly and freely about what was going on and it, it ended up being really interesting as much as perhaps we didn't th- think so because it was just you and I talking um, but it's so nice to uh, get out of that um, it's easy to kind of like fall into the mold of like oh without a guest we don't like oh, it's just me and steve talking again but it's like that was kind of the that was the point of the whole podcast before it it took us 11 episodes before we ended even having a guest on correct yeah i think so
1: it was somewhere around in in there and then we thought we should bring somebody in and then that just became the thing and then we found that interviewing people from all different genres was really interesting and it still is and i i still want to have guests on here and i also think it's going to be interesting to Bring back some of our favorite guests who also enjoy the show and bring them into a discussion kind of like what we tried with uh, Kevin and Shane we had them on talking just some YouTube stuff and I thought that was really interesting the YouTube roundtable and so maybe we could do some more of that I, I think there's a lot of things we can do without having to box ourselves into oh we got to find another guest we have to find another guest because it gets really, you know what it is, Is it's not so much exhausting as it is kind of deflating, discouraging. <laughs> it's <laughs> very call, discouraging. When you contact, like, you know, a hundred people and you hear back from a small handful of them and then, you know, hopefully they'll say yes
0: and it's funny we've talked about this because we understand that we're kind of also the same people who do this same thing with people sometimes people will reach out to us and be like hey i have an opportunity or a thing and it's just like your inbox gets really full and it's easy just to let something slide and then not think about it but on the other side of that man that's so discouraging (laughs) because i don't want to
1: disparage those people either because it's like you said i understand that and i understand how when you're a youtube creator you've got so many things going on and it's like do I really need to take an hour off or even more to just do this podcast of these people I don't really know? And is it really going to help me when I could be doing something more productive? And so, yeah, I understand that
0: totally. And it can be, if it's daunting for us, it's certainly daunting for the other person, especially when you're coming from YouTube, where you're used to being able to kind of mold and edit the final product kind of before it goes live. And I know that when a podcast happens, there's kind of more open, yeah. casual talk. And, and that's another it. thing is that it, it depends upon the guest. I've noticed that on my
1: woodworking podcast. I had a real nice email from a guy just this morning asking me, he was recommending a guest for uh, Maker Channel. This guy really makes just the coolest things. And I love her. I've been subscribed. And I've watched this guy for a long time. But the guy in the channel who makes the videos, he never talks and and you barely even see his face. It's usually mostly a hands video. And I had to reply, well, I agree. I would love to talk to this guy, but he's probably not the best guest for a podcast, an audio podcast, because if the guy's been making videos for three or four years and has never spoken, he's probably a little uncomfortable doing it. And it would probably be a really, really difficult interview. <laughs> so. A lot, a lot of that has to go into who, who who makes a good guest. You know,
0: how how's your other podcast going? How's the woodworking podcast going?
1: Oh, it's doing really well. People seem to really. It's much easier, much easier to find guests for that because I already know the people. <laughs> you know, and you, and you don't, don't have, have to. Have to you don't yeah, have to no, drag me along, too, for the ride. So it can just be, It's just something that Steve does. It's harder. It's harder to interview somebody when I'm on my own because I, I
0: can't slack off and think, eh, Chad will pick up the slack. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you do as much research or is it a little easier because it's so in your kind of
1: space? It's just about the same amount of research, really. I still have to do a lot because it's even though I know a lot of these people, it's not like I watch them. Because who has time to watch that many different creators all the time? And so I have to catch up on their videos and kind of get a feel for what they do. I kind of have a system, kind of like what you and I did here, is where I'll look at their most popular video, I'll watch a couple of those, I'll watch a couple of their most recent videos, and then maybe I'll watch like their very first video. I think that's an important one to watch Mm -hmm. too. And then I'll just kind of figure out if they have a website, they usually have an about page on there, and what other kernels of wisdom i can find here and there it's kind of just following the breadcrumbs and just see how i can put together an introduction kind of like what we do here which takes care of a lot of that and then i can get right into
0: the interview and you switched to you put a separate youtube channel together for your podcast episodes i'm taking it you've Learned a lesson or there was something along the way that was taken away from you trying to do it on the main channel to get exposure and then just shift it over to a- Yeah,
1: I, I finally caved in. I was all like, no, nope, I'm just gonna put this on my main channel I don't care you're dealing but with then, it whether I, you like it or not, right? And then I just thought well, No, I, I get it. it. It just kind of makes it a mess over there and Plus I can't post those regularly. So I started the second channel for the podcast and I never post the videos to it. I'm so far behind. I'm like five or six guests behind posting the full length podcast because posting audio podcasts and editing audio podcasts is relatively easy and quick. I can edit Mm -hmm. an audio podcast in basically real time. You know, I'm just, it's like an hour long podcast takes me maybe an hour and a half to edit because you can really make some really clean edits that you can't do in video otherwise it would be super choppy i mean i can edit out all the little ums and snaps and weird sounds in audio super easy and fast but in video when you do that it's
0: gonna <laughs> it's... look like a jump like a philip defranco like jump cut video like yeah whatever. it would just
1: be know. horrible and so and then i just thought well maybe i'll just dump those videos on there just a side-by-side video view and i sort of did that but even that, it just takes time and effort and i think it's this can't be my main focus. If it's taking me hours and hours every week, I'm already spending the hours just in the preparation and the recording of the podcast that it's just more time I shouldn't really be spending.
0: Well so you're the you're the one that wants to do eight podcasts and shorts <laughs> and project videos. And you had Matthias back on and you talked oh, on my second point, channel on your second channel um mm-hmm. was that like and you also had him on again on your podcast and you had a fascinating video on your steve ramsey plus channel i think That's it, it is steve ramsey plus. With, yeah you notice uh, I,
1: I rebranded to a plus everybody I, we talked about that everybody needs a plus
0: have you have you received a, a cease and desist from disney yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> everybody's got a plus <laughs> Yeah, it was either that or Max. But I think it, it, that sounded a little bold to be Steve Ramsey, Max. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that sounds like an OnlyFans account or something. Like uh, that.
1: yeah. yeah, that's where I'm going to be posted. My next podcast is over on Only, OnlyFans. <laughs> uh,
0: I thought it was fascinating because you talked, you talked about project videos with him. And I know we've talked mm. about this on the podcast before with Matthias uh, before. Um, and he said something, A, that I just thought was brilliant. So I wanted to bring it up again. And he said, he said something to the effect of, when you keep making evergreen content soon enough, you have a forest and then your saplings can't grow. <laughs> that was wasn't like, that Man! wise. what a wise, sagely <laughs> style quote that was. And he doesn't
1: uh, seem like the type to have those like real philosophical moments. He really but doesn't. Great.
0: But Matthias mm-hmm. also doesn't seem to be the type to do shorts. And how he's doing them. My man is hitting those shorts hard <laughs> and doing a very good job of it. I know and he said he wasn't going to do them. Yeah, and did the still, one. And he's still uploading project videos as well, like legit project videos. So yeah. kudos, Matthias, for, for going through and doing that. I wanted, I wanted to bring that up, though, because just today I went on the trending tab and there was a project video from uh, Simone And she had uh, done a project where she was uh, making a a little attic flap into a window or something like that. And it was great because the majority of the video was about a misfire or like her initial kind of thought of what it was supposed to be. And then it changed it. However, I would say... Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. That is a project video, which is actually trending on YouTube. It's on the trending tab. Would you classify that as a project video? Oh, absolutely, I would. All of her videos really are,
1: well, not all, but the majority of her videos are project videos. But her take on it, which is really smart, is it never looks like a project video because she's not really showing you how to do things. It's very... um, it's not, whereas I think my videos, I've always come with the point of view or like, well this, I have to be showing, okay, this is a, a quarter inch straight right. router bit that I'm using this time right. to make this cut. And I, and so I'm describing all these little things, whereas her, it's it's really about the process. And that's what made that video so interesting is that she had started out one way. She wanted to do this incredible thing <laughs> with this window. And she, and she showed all of the different tests and experiments and everything she did to get to the point where she had to say, I admit defeat. I cannot get this the way I wanted," And she ended up making stained glass window, which she had never done before, which turned out to be beautiful.
0: What? Probably even more amazing, if I may say so. And
1: yeah, I think she even mentioned that at the end. She's like, I'm so glad that first thing didn't work out because I love this, this new window. And so I think that that's what makes that video interesting. Uh, the other guy was stuff made here just did a video this week it's number like 4 on trending also and he similar thing is that he's not showing you the the i don't know all of the details of yeah. making the thing, the project it's more about the his process and mindset and how it's going through the different iterations before it gets to where he wants it to
0: be so they almost have more so the flexibility to go outside of the box of the project video where you're more concerned about, you, you, clearly your value for a viewer is, I, I show you how to do yeah. like Like you, you'll get a takeaway from this. And as much as it's great to watch an interesting project, or I think of Robert Dunn at Aging Wheels, where it's like, you don't necessarily need to know what he's doing. It's just wonderful to see the way his brain works and how a project kind of evolves. And the other thing that I noticed was, and you mentioned this in the conversation with Matthias about title and thumbnail. And I submit, at this point, you can still get away with project videos so long as you title them well. And this one was an interesting one because it, uh, it was called why do, window, why, are, why, are window, why do Windows Have to Be So Boring? And there was no caps. That was another interesting thing that I've noticed. Like people aren't even capitalizing things anymore. Everything's in like lower, small caps. And obviously it comes down to having a good thumbnail or not. But can you actually just go through and do project videos? so long as you just have really good titling and thumbnail standards. Yeah, I
1: think there's a lot, a lot there's a lot to that. And at the same time, and this is why it's so hard to pin down any of this stuff on YouTube because every body is unique and this is why I think that YouTube like gurus and advice guys are are only right a small portion of the time because it's going to be different for everybody. And so I, I talked to Laura Kampf a couple of weeks ago, German maker. and she makes incredible things and her videos are so well well produced and well made. And I asked her about the whole thumbnail thing and it's like well you know it's crazy don't you just doesn't it drive you nuts when you just have to come up with a thumbnail then you worry well maybe I should come up with a better one and switch it out and she's like no I don't do any of that I have one thumbnail I stick with my decision and that's it and same with the title so it's like she puts up she says I don't like to be in a position of second guessing myself
0: I wish I had that confidence. <laughs> I wish I had <laughs> no. I wish I had I'm the ability like, uh, to turn it off. Because I, I heard I remember when you told me that. I was like, that makes that's brilliant. That's so inspiring. And I'm at the point now where even though I haven't been doing a podcast for the past six and a half weeks, one of the things I really turned a lot of attention to over the winter kind of break, um, was going through and doing a whole bunch of titling and thumbnail work on the Clean My Space channel. Not even doing it through TubeBuddy anymore. <clears throat> I stopped that because the A B testing was I did too. kind of moot, like as in it depends on what day. Um, uh, uh, Plus, a, it's a only day. on a 24 hour cycle. It only changes one a day. That's it really is. And the be difference be. between a Friday and a Saturday can be huge. That doesn't necessarily need to be dependent. And I've also realized <clears throat> how much the title can affect the thumbnail. And this is going, yeah. this is following through to a conversation we had with Art. Uh, gamer from Mars the second time that he was and the last episode that we've had of this podcast that was episode 68 and it set the tone for me to be like wow what he's doing with thumbnails where he's really working on kind of trying to attract someone with the title and if I didn't get you with the title I'll put something in the thumbnail that'll also kind of attract you somehow that just inspired me to like a point where I went through and I changed hundreds of our titles wow. and, and and thumbnails um, non-stop like maniacally to the point where i was (laughs) even keeping the same thumbnail but like adding words or comments because that's one of the things that art does is the video will be like uh you know a world discovers boy who was being raised uh, you know in an attic for a year and then like the the thumbnail will have the big text like they ate his legs or or something (laughs) something completely like not really to do with it like it was like almost like when you are sitting in a being a thumbnail or something like that you're like this is going to work because this is going to appeal to the people who are looking to like how to clean your toilet they're just looking for like how to clean your toilet and these people are looking for like you know a, a title or a thumbnail that's really going to attract them and then they'll probably watch a video about cleaning the toilet and you kind of like try to balance both and what art is doing or at least it seems what art is doing is trying to like attract both of those people using your titling or your thumbnail to kind of take one approach or one series of keywords or a certain word that might attract people and then do a completely opposite approach with uh with whatever the other thing is either the thumbnail or the title so i went through and started doing it and started adding little so we have this one which is uh, how to clean your floors and it was doing just fine there was a picture of like a low angle picture of melissa using a mop to clean a hardwood floor and it was fantastic but there was all this white space above up above where the ceiling was. So all I did to that thumbnail was, your floors will thank you. I literally just <laughs> put that on there. And overnight, the video went from like a 2.5 or a 3% click-through rate to almost double. It went up to like 5% or something like wow. that, simply by adding or just adding another element onto uh, to a thumbnail. And I've seen you have a varied uh, um, uh, amount of success with this, especially with some of your shorts, mm-hmm. um, and my question is: did, red circles or red arrows? Which ones are more? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I actually I tried this one time on with Tube Buddy. I did one with arrow and one with circle. I think it was the circle. Circle one. wins. How do you? How do you? How are you tracking all of those changes you made?
0: So now, so again before tube buddy was really the only way that you could kind of get percentages of whatever now uh youtube has a pretty much a real-time graph or at least a like 24 hours within 24 hours it'll be pretty much up to date they have a graph and it's called your reach in oh. in um uh it, or it's under the reach tab excuse me in, in creator studio and it just basically shows a chart of every single day uh how many, Impressions were served and how many people clicked through and what the percentage was and for clean my space the average Is around like three percent or something like that. So if something is one point nine percent I'll go in and make some changes and try to get it, you know, higher or um, You know, I, I also do study the ones that do really well and then try to like somewhat replicate the stuff that clearly does very well I find like before and after I've started using the check and the X is a popular thing. Mm-hmm. I know that's a big five minute craft things where it's like, this is the correct way and this is the wrong way. You know who does you, that
1: a lot is Aaron Marino. Alpha M. That's a great example. He always uses uh, the X and the check, yeah.
0: Before and after or just like two pictures, the split. Especially
1: screen. when you can't really tell what the mistake is, I've noticed. He'll put an X on He's like... Your pants aren't fitting correctly or something. I mean, he'll have an yeah. X over one
0: and then a check over the other. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I, well, like,
1: what's the difference? And sometimes
0: <laughs> the picture, which is the don't do this, has nothing to do with the video whatsoever. And I took a, I tried that on one of them. It was like uh, how not, or uh, it was a video on laundry tips or, or how to use your washing machine. Uh, And the check picture is like someone just pouring detergent into a regular whatever. And then the don't do or the X was um, uh, we did a sponsored bit with um, I don't remember the name of the product, but they're little laundry detergent strips that you basically just can you eat them, though. It's not quite as tempting as a Tide pod. <laughs> it, it looks, yeah, it just looks like a little like communion wafer or something like that. Anyways, you just toss that in. Anyways, so there's a picture. We just had a random stock picture of Melissa ripping one, and it just mm. looks so like that's not probably what you're supposed to do, even though it had nothing to do with the video. So I used that as the don't do this, and then the do this as the whatever. And I found that a lo- especially five minute crafts, they'll just do it. Be like, don't yeah. do this, and it's like. Someone you know eating a pickle, and then like do this, and it's someone eating a five star dinner or something like that. It's like you didn't even talk about this in the video. <laughs> You're just doing this for shock value and thumbnail purposes.
1: Well, five minute crafts is known for like the crappiest, low hanging fruit content <laughs> content farm stuff, though. So, you know, uh.
0: they they aren't. I don't see them trending as much, thankfully, and they haven't. You changed. think that they're fading, fading a little. I, i i think there i mean you you you, again to go back to that conversation you had with matthias he mentioned something interesting about like shorts soon will be sat like we're at a point where it's like as soon as something gets saturated so the bigger question is what happens after the saturation of that after shorts becomes not as interesting anymore do do people return to long form content is it just a long game just to be like because that's how i'm that's how we're playing it at Clean My Space. We literally have returned to our roots. Yeah. In, like to, uh, making our videos for the people who are seeing us for the first time as opposed to really paying attention to the subscribers. As much as well, we Well, it that. seems to
1: be working well for you too. I mean, your channel is really growing. The last few months has really been doing well.
0: It seems to be the only way to kind of really remain relevant unless you want to like drastically change your content. And we're in a position, I think, quite like you are where it's like we have to keep talking about how to clean a toilet we just need to figure out how to keep talking about it in a way which is interesting and different and appeals to people who are watching us for the first time so we're just taking really basic steps like melissa introduces herself within the first five seconds that like our videos now start I'm Melissa Maker. I'm a bit of an accidental cleaning expert. And mm-hmm. here on YouTube I've been doing this for a little while and it's my job to teach you how to do it. And then she gets into the video or she figures out a way to like get all of that information out within the first 5 seconds because after going through analytics, an average clean my space video is like 50% of the people that watch it are not subscribed and have never seen us before ever. So we found or I felt like it would probably be really important that the first thing out of our mouths are who we are and why you should be kind of list and i get that it might be a little repetitive now in all of our videos but it serves us well because the last video that we had that got a bunch of views like millions of views ended up having that non not subscribed percentage was 88 percent. So only twelve percent of the people that watched this video were actually subscribers, and the yeah. millions of people who ended up watching it had no uh, you know no idea who we were or, or or what to expect I continually
1: they'll get frustrated with the whole subscriber game <laughs> i It just doesn't make sense to me anymore why I mean I kind of wonder i'm not I'm not brave enough to do it because you can just turn off the subscriber count on your channel where people don't see it. And I would just wonder, would, would I be willing to do that for a month and just to see what, what happens? I'm not you sure. You know,
0: what people will do, though, is they'll just go to your, they go to your about, about page and then they look at your view total and then they can kind of. They would kind of they, guess. They, they can kind of guess. Or at least that's what I would do when, when I used to see There's very few
1: channels that, that do that. I can, the only one I can think of, I've seen some, the only one I can think of is Poppy. I think we talked about her before. Yes. She doesn't have a subscriber count which is-
0: But that's so, so on brand on, for Poppy. So on, <laughs> on,
1: but you know, I've, so I've been taking a little bit from YouTube and bringing it to the podcast in the titles. And obviously you don't have the thumb. Well, you do have a thumbnail for Spotify for each individual episode. And there I just put a picture of the person that I'm, I'm talking to. But I've been playing around a little bit more with the titles because I've always heard that titles on audio podcasts don't really matter. They do. I think it makes a big difference because there's a lot of, especially in the maker woodworking space, that the the, the, tr- the kind of standard way to do it is you just pick some sort of funny thing during the podcast and you make that a title like, you know, we did a funny thing this time or this thing happened, or it'll just be one throwaway line that you said. But so I I started playing around with mine. And so far, my most listened to podcast episode is Why are people so emotional about epoxy with blacktail studio? So there we've got two things. That's by far the most listened to episode. well, it's not the most listened to but it's the most listened to in the first week or something, you know, when everybody comes on board obviously the older episodes they start to accumulate listens, but just to make it that title where it was the question upfront. why are people, I included the emotional part because people do get very emotional yeah. about epoxy right now. It's a big trend and, and everybody has an opinion on it. And then I included with Blacktail Studio because he's the number one guy doing epoxy work right now. And his channel is just exploding. I mean, mm-hmm. huge, like 100,000 new subscribers a month or something. It's just crazy, this guy. And... That really worked. Where if I just put Blacktail Studio is back on the podcast a yeah. second time or something, right. it's it, no, it's it won't get those.
0: You think of the people who are just kind of like uh searching through uh like all of your episodes, right? Like trying to be like which one will I just give a chance, which one like is the title is pretty much the only thing that you would have to work with. That's and it. I know that out of our first 10 episodes where we didn't have guests so we didn't really kind of title it in any particular way we would actually just title it based upon like what the largest subject that we were talking about on a certain episode and for all of the people who go back to like you know hear us and then want to go back to listen to one of the o- earlier episodes out of our the first 10 episodes the number one by a large outside of number one obviously everybody wants to listen to the first episode but number one was the seventh episode because that was the one literally titled how do youtubers how much money can you make on youtube right or something like that i remember that and it was it like just, dollar signs in the oh, <laughs> thumbnail on the youtube so, one <laughs> and i think we realized at that point where it's like the titling game works just as well here like because people like why would they why would they just randomly ju- like clearly they're resonating with like they want to you know when they want to hear something about like money aspects. so it just goes to show that yes yeah, your, your right. titles probably do make a huge difference
1: and that comes back to our podcast here and some of what we could see week after week is that people listen and they'll tune in because it's somebody they're already interested in and they kind of want to hear more. They, they're they familiar with the guest that we have. It's a hard sell to get somebody who is not the least bit interested in automotive detailing yeah. to listen to an interview with somebody who does that, even though yeah. it's a cool interview and there's a great yeah. guest and yeah. they're all great guests. And, it's fun interviewing those people, but it's just a hard sell to it's, it's because it's such a wide thing. And that's why the, the woodworking thing is easier because it's like a smaller group. Everybody kind of is already aware of what they're going to get and they're I guess they're more willing to take a chance on somebody that they're not that familiar with. Cause they might've maybe heard of them or seen them, but they're, and they'll listen to those podcasts.
0: And I think you're talking about pan, the organizer, which was a yeah. fantastic episode. It and was. Yeah. I, I, I bet you, you know, car detailing or whatever what you know the whatever the title current title of that episode is it probably would do better if we were to switch it because i think in and around the time pan was involved in some drama or something like that so we could have been like how how does drama affect youtubers or something like that and probably end up getting more traction on something like that because to your point like how many people are just tuning in to learn you know or or get some insight into car detailing
1: that's what i'm trying to do is pick out the one kind of most interesting part of an hour long podcast and make that the
0: title of it. You know, even if it was uh, just like one second out of the podcast, which was yeah. a really funny moment. It's like, Oh, great. That's the title. Cause to- as long as it's
1: enticing to, to the viewer listener, yes. I keep wanting to say viewer, but people looking through a Spotify thing. And as long as that's enticing, it's not just like, uh, you know, Steve farted this episode or something because I said it during the episode. (laughs) That seems to be a really common way to title podcast episodes is that they'll just say whatever funny thing happened to have said is totally out of context. It's like, ah, that was funny. We'll put that in the title, but it's not not intriguing enough because it's not really saying what is something that you really can listen to
0: in there. But yeah, why are people emotional about epoxy? Boom. I heard uh, it was a Jared Pollan who was talking about um, clickbait and being like, well, if it works, like if it if it works, like why not? And I do get it. It it does kind of affect one's ability to accurately gauge the. Content that they're looking at because you kind of get sucked into the stuff which you, oh, well, I definitely want to know the answer to that question. And uh, I've seen the titling standards change from like how to clean a toilet to like you know can you believe that this happened to my toilet when i tried to clean it and it's like the it's toilet the toilet from hell yeah and uh, i think jared's point was like it's like the content can kind of be the same you can make the content agnostic to the title and then all the title just ends up serving as is like the the front of your product sitting on a shelf so you got to attract people so if it's the thing that attracts people that ends up being the paramount thing. So it kind of almost like it, uh, excuses clickbait or it allows it because it's like, well, if it works, then ultimately it's fine.
1: So there's a, a woodworking channel who has been around a long time. He probably started in like 2010 or so. Just not too long after I did. Stumpy Nubs. I don't know if you've ever, mm. you probably haven't heard of him. But, um, and I've been watching his content for years and he started out doing uh, projects and had a uh, kind of a, a funny show that he was doing with it and everything. And he pretty much kept that format for years and years. And just in the past couple of years, he switched to a format that is all about, it, it's still good content, but he really leans into the clickbait title, uh, combined with the thumbnail. And wow, does this work. And so within the past couple of years, his channel has just exploded because he has, I'm looking through his titles, is Japan slowly killing Western style saws? Question mark, question mark, question mark in the thumbnail. The end of glue, epoxy and super glue. And then the thumbnail says it won't last forever. <laughs> so these are the kind of things that he's doing. And it's like what Jared was saying. Okay, yeah, it's total clickbait, but it it's not the kind of clickbait that it is not sort of delivered on in the video. Even though the, right. the video content is way drier <laughs> than the thumbnail and title makes it to be. But yeah, he does talk about the topic, so it's not exactly like he's putting in, you know,
0: tits and ass or something right there on the thumbnail. Yeah, and you're not abusing it. Like I get it. Like you're still. So long as you're still clearly like following your content, like whatever you, your content requirements are, then then have some fun. You're with your
1: elevating time. what you're doing to a much higher level than it really is. You're you're making something that is as boring as a type of a saw. Yes. Sound controversial controversial or intriguing and why i gotta watch this i
0: gotta find out is japan killing western saws and it's working really well for long term like long-form content right now because it's a great way to get people involved into i found a lot of educational channel like uh, practical engineering grade is a great example of this where it's like how do you make something about like here's how a dam works but you make it be something that someone wants to click on learn about and then leave being like wow that was informative because you're not going to get the people who are searching for interesting, interesting damn content but he does the <laughs> same thing where it's like he could call it you know how how this damn you know failed or whatever but like he uh, he kind of does the same thing and i found a lot of uh, established uh, creators who who do that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of space right now in like I didn't know that. I didn't even know that I didn't know that. But now I'm interested in learning about something I didn't didn't like. Do you know what I mean? Like, it could yeah. be a video called like the secret move in chess you didn't know about. It's like oh fuck. Well, I, I got to watch this. I don't know what the secret move in chess
1: is. I can attest to that on probably my most popular short at the moment, and I can tell because just all of my comments are all on that one short, and it has. That's to do when with, you know
0: you've got something special. Yeah,
1: it's like, and I can just, <clears throat> I can just see like a little snippet of the comment, like, "Oh, I know what video that's from." Yeah, it's got like 3.7 million views. Published January 24 is why is the hook on the end of a tape measure loose? So it's the kind of thing, just like what you were describing, that a lot of people have never really thought about. They never, may have never even noticed that it's loose. But if you have noticed, then you wonder, yeah, is it supposed to be that way? Or if you have never noticed, you may actually go and look at one of your tape missions and go, oh, yeah, it is loose. (laughs) Why is that? But the biggest thing about that is it's controversy also on this one. And again, this is more controversy than I ever planned on. It's because... I measured my tape measure. I live in the U.S. and it's in inches. And so I measured out and I said, well, it's because that little 16th inch at the end is is important. And like half of the comments, probably more, are from people in other countries who just... There's something about the imperial measurement system that people... It just eats at them. They hate it so much. It's just amazing. It's like... Half of the comments are like, well, if you just switch to metric, you'd be better. Why don't you just switch? I'm like, how can I switch? The whole country is designed and all the tools, everything is in, imperial. It's not like a, me switching is going to do anything. Start but, a trend,
0: Steve. Oh, God.
1: But yeah, it's like, and so I think that's a lot of the reason why that's doing really well is because, again, it has that element of controversy. Even though it's a controversy, I could have never have planned on. That's
0: what people are attached to on that. As, as someone who lives in Canada with the metric system, I use feet and inches all the time, by the way. I'm never like, I'm 193 centimeters tall because no one <laughs> understands how tall you are when you say, <laughs> yeah. but if you say you're six foot four, people just know. Or when I refer to a distance, oh, so it's about, you know, 10 feet away I, all the time. No one is ever like, ah, oh, it's three and a half meters away. No one. No one aside from our colonists. Oh, it would be 3.5 meters. No, Thank three, you. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that is most intriguing about this short, and if you're interested in in seeing this short, it's uh, it's called "Why is the hook on the end of a tape measure so loose?" question mark. But the thing I'm really really intrigued by is the simplicity of the thumbnail. And also all of the white space in the We thumbnail. need to talk about that too, because
1: thumbnails on shorts only show up if you're looking at, like we are right now, we're looking at our laptops on the desktop. That's the only time you ever see those thumbnails. So like 99% of the people who watch shorts never see your thumbnail. They see this shitty little grand, you can't even grab, like on TikTok and Instagram, you get to pick what you sort of want, your, they call it a cover, what you want your cover to be. You can't do that on YouTube and it just kind of drives me crazy. And I kind of wonder if some of my lower views are because those they pick a really bad cover image on it, because I think that the the thumbnail is really a good
0: thumbnail, the
1: one that I have on there.
0: So I'm wondering, like, do you change that thumbnail out and try that thumbnail with a longer form video, which would be more reliant upon thumbnails? Because I didn't even think about this, but you're absolutely right. The vast majority of those 3.7 million views came from people who were already scrolling through shorts. So it's not like you're actively picking the videos once you're in the shorts hole or whatever that's. Whatever that's called. I don't do it, so I don't know. But I've seen Once I'm in a it. short hole, it's <laughs> hard to dig my way out. <laughs> There's the title of this episode. See? <laughs> that's how it works. Um, but you're absolutely right. I didn't think about that. I was sitting here in awe. And then you kind of did a similar style one a few shorts later, or literally the next short, How to Draw a Circle with a Square. By the way, I love that. That was such a fun short, How to Draw a Circle with a Square. Oh, right, right. But it looks like it might have kind of the same elements to it. It has some red text or like whatever, and it's mostly white. It clearly shows that you're doing something. But I mean, that one doesn't have nearly as much traction. So is it because people are already scrolling and then whatever the first words out of your mouth on this particular short, that particular short, the tape measure so loose grab people enough to like watch that and not just like spin past or to scroll past it and your thumbnail and titling ends up actually being moot that's interesting i hadn't even thought about it that way
1: it's an interesting thought because for instance the and i think it's a good title how to draw a circle with a square is, is it, it i i thought i was very clever with that and but it's only again appealing to a smaller subset of people who would ever even use a square or you know a framing square or something so automatically you can, i've kind of reduced the audience whereas why is the hook on the end of a tape measure loose everybody has a tape measure everybody knows and so i think that appeals to a wider uh, wider group of people but you're right when you're flipping through tiktok style on shorts, just swiping through. You don't even look at the titles for the most part until it starts playing. And so hopefully by, you know, the the time the person has read the title, maybe the first few seconds is already played. So I think you're right. That first couple seconds is probably critical.
0: And the thing that's getting it recommended and ramping up the views into the millions, uh, or tens of millions in some cases, are just those videos that everybody kind of consumes. And further to your point, you've talked about this several times where it's like the more comment provoking, I wouldn't want to say like provocative in the sense that <laughs> this is a provocative title, but it, it encourages people to give their yeah. two cents or to share or like whatever. And I think, the engagement aspect, like the, the amount of people who like it and the amount of people who comment. And I know this sounds really rudimentary because that's the way it used to be way back in the days. Like leave a comment because the more engagement, the better. And now we're kind of, that isn't that isn't the same thing. But I think with shorts it is because the ones, at least the ones that you've had that have been wildly successful have some level of either controversy, I, Controversy, sure, let's just use the word controversy or just like yeah. something which would elicit a, a, a response. I a had yeah. shared before that for Clean My Space, it's whether you put the toilet paper over or under. And it just it just elicits a response from people and people just want to, you're wrong for doing it this way because everybody wants to drag out their soapbox. and talk I mean, about that how. one has, even the likes, because you could see how many people
1: still like your videos, 99%, that's higher than almost any video I ever do. So people really like that, even though they hate that I used the Imperial measurement system, it's just eating at them. They're like not sleeping
0: at night because I use itches. I have another question for you about shorts. It seems that you're literally trying to somewhat match project videos with shorts in some cases, or at least your your last couple happened. You mean go did, back you, and did, forth the wine bottle and then you did the levitating wine. So it looks like you are doing, like, here's a project. So to your point about the Plinko game, where you did a full blown, like, whatever, you should just do a short version. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? I made my own Plinko board or something like that.
1: You know, I'm going to do that because it has such great sounds to it. And that's what it... Because the the project video didn't do anything. It was just dead. And and I kind of knew it would be... And the... So I did these two recent ones kind of experimenting with the project videos on shorts and the one of them that I just posted yesterday was like this floating magic wand. I actually shot that one during the lockdown series. I just shot the reshot ending part of me using it just so I didn't look so weird with my COVID hair. And so, (laughs) but the one before that was actually an original project that I made for a friend of mine. I, I wanted to make this gift box. And I thought, you know, there's just not enough here for a full-length video on this thing. Let me just try to make this project. And it turned out to be it was really fun because then I could just spend my time making a woodworking project, which I I never do just for fun. And so I I did that and recorded it. And it's, it's not getting a whole lot of views. But I think the Plinko one, that's a great
0: suggestion. I think I'll do that. Do you have a content mix right now or do you just... Treat your channel as a sandbox. No, I still feel, I feel like I've been in this real funk though for the past
1: six months or so with, with my channel, even though it's doing really well, but I feel like I'm just kind of grinding in a lot of ways. You know, I feel like I just need to, I don't know. I keep thinking I'm just going to mix it up and I keep coming up with all sorts of great ideas other things that I want to do, which are just kind of distracting me from doing what I should be doing. You know? Making I a decision I always, I got all these ideas for my second channel I want to do, and oh, I got podcast ideas. I got all this stuff. I'm like, wait a second here. I should be focusing on the one thing that's actually earning me an income. But and it still does. I mean, it's still doing all right. But I th- also does it kind of bug you in a way. And I know this is a, and here I am, the guy who says subscriber number is irrelevant anymore. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it still kind of bugs me that everybody's gonna have a million subscribers here pretty soon because of shorts. It's like they better start minting a whole bunch of those gold play buttons because they're gonna be sending those out by the gajillions because it's so easy to just crank out a million subscribers. And it took me years, you know?
0: It's very true and it's very very easy to like look at it and get better at it. And I think there's a lot of the channels simply because they're focusing so much on shorts that they're giving a lot of attention to and ramping up those numbers. However, I think just in general, we're in a place even outside of just short content where people who are doing really innovative, cool stuff on the platform are getting, are, are getting the comeuppance that they deserve. I think of um, Girl With Dogs, Vanessa. Oh, yeah. She's who was really killing well. it on TikTok. And then I know a lot of people, i don't know a lot of people i've seen a lot of people who have done very well on tiktok i don't know very much about tiktok um, who have done very well on tiktok and then they came and they just literally ported their content over onto youtube and it just right. flops because you're making TikTok like they literally still have the TikTok. they leave the logo on there and yeah. to think and if you are listening to this podcast and if you want one small takeaway If you don't think that YouTube doesn't have an algorithm which scans all the videos and sees a TikTok logo, and if you think (laughs) on any day of the week that they are going to promote, recommend anything with a TikTok (laughs) logo on it, you are so wrong. Take the time to take that content, recreate it, put it on, whatever. And Vanessa is a fantastic example of this because she not only was like, oh, let's do short form. She figured out a shorter as in, I think her videos are usually under three or four minutes. Uh, just like, here's the dog, here's the process, here's the thing. She shoots them with DSLR cameras. She shoots, like, she shoots them knowing that she's shooting them, seemingly. She shoots them like she's making YouTube videos, and it has served her so well because she gets hundreds of millions of views she has well over a million i don't even know but like same thing like you were talking about like a hundred thousand new subscribers a week. and my other example is maddie from unnecessary inventions who came and literally does the exact same thing like he ports the same content pretty much on everything but because his content is so unique so like what exactly what they want he's you know blowing up as well. So I see that there's this element of like people who are doing shorts well are getting their channels blowing up or people who have existing channels and adopt shorts are getting healthier pushes to their channel. Right. But I think just in general they're just trying to incubate solid content. And as much as we at Clean My Space don't grow nearly as fast as that and we don't adapt nearly as many of the things that they want us to do, The fact that we just kept doubling down on doing exactly what we do do, we still remain relevant and get a solid amount of views and all of the rest for what we do. But I've really taken the time to see the channels which they're pushing to the moon. Uh, uh, one I sent to you not too long ago was called Whistlin' Dixie or mm-hmm. Wh- Whistlin' Diesel, I think it's called. Right. Yeah. And it's just some dudes who, and they do like very random stuff or extreme machines or put massive wheels on things. That was one that they made, they took an old car and they put like big wagon wheels on it and stuff. It's just crazy stuff like that. But it's because these people are doing really unique content and something really, really different and quite like what we've tried to attract on our podcast is like people who are taking the time to do really interesting and different things now actually seem to be rewarded for it. And that's good. It doesn't seem like they're just doing what TikTok does. And I would love to hear your opinion about this because you've spent some time now in TikTok where you can ramp up a huge following, but it doesn't mean anything because your content just gets lost in the mix.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting you brought up Maddie with Unnecessary Inventions because I, I like to think we had him on before he was a big shot. Way you know? <laughs> we knew him before. <laughs> but it would be actually interesting to have him back on because I would love to talk to him about this because I kind of wonder what his thoughts are on this difference between his shorts and his full-length content because clearly the shorts just kill it because my thought is these are exactly what shorts are for. The format, his content fits the format perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's enough for him to do. They're very funny. They're very engaging. He shows the, the thing that he makes, the funny thing, how it works and everything. And all you need is a minute to do that in. You don't need to drag this out any longer than that. And so it's perfect. But I, I just wonder how, how it has been affecting his channel and his income. <laughs> he does almost exclusively
0: shorts yeah and he started out on the platform trying to do interesting not interesting i mean it was interesting but like like behind the scenes or just like a different approach or trying to be like hey how can i use this platform slightly different than that short Video platform, which kind of whatever, and I've just seen him, and I mean, you can see because the views are clearly compelling him to do that. Where it's like, well, I'll just keep doing short content, and so now occasionally he puts something in the mix, which is like a a full length video, but the majority of his stuff is 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 shorts, and and I get it. You mentioned TikTok, and I think I I told you it it's been what maybe four or
1: five weeks ago I started a TikTok. Account and I started posting things on there only uh, just repurposed shorts from YouTube and immediately <clears throat> I went from you know zero followers up to basically like forty five thousand you know in just a few weeks it, and I didn't promote it I didn't mention it on YouTube anywhere and I was like what is going on here where is this coming from and then I've heard from other people that it's really easy to do that that you can like ramp up those followers real fast. And then it'll level off. And that's exactly what I'm seeing here right now. It's just like basically stalled at 45,000. I'm wondering, does TikTok, like, I don't know if they probably would be discovered if it were true, if they have like fake follower accounts or something that they put out to creators to like give you that incentive, like, look at all these followers you're getting. You want to, and then I'm not even sure what good a follower really does on TikTok, but So I'm looking at my, I just posted a video yesterday on TikTok. (laughs) So I've been getting like 40,000, maybe average on a video, 10,000. Posted one yesterday and it's up to 576 views, 576. I'm not even at half, (laughs) I'm not even at a thousand. So like what happened is surely... So that tells me, for one, 45,000 followers doesn't mean jack shit on TikTok if only 576 people have seen this video, where the one right before it, I had 4,800 and then 46,000 on the one before that. So it's, TikTok is, I, Maybe it's just I'm not I don't know enough about how it works. I know there's people who've just like this is their life TikTok. They could probably explain it better than this. And it would be interesting actually to talk to somebody who is really good at TikTok and have them on the show and figure out what's going on here cuz I don't get it. I don't know what's going on.
0: Uh, Vanessa would actually probably be a really good she, she would yeah. she kills it on TikTok. Um it's 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 really interesting though cuz I remember uh the whatever that movie was social social dilemma i think it was yeah. they r- referenced it and this was th- now man this seems a while ago so this was kind of like really at the beginning of of the popularity of tiktok when that movie came out and they mentioned in it that um, platforms are now um, ramping up the follower and the engagement number so much because they just know it's so appealing they know that that's yeah. what people want uh, you can join and within a couple of weeks have fifty thousand followers and be like, I have fifty thousand followers. But it really does go sh- to show like what is the? They don't have any metrics, I'm assuming, or like analytics on TikTok. I I think I'm not. I haven't really
1: looked into it enough. I don't. I think they do, but it's very rudimentary, I'm sure. and it might even be for like bigger TikTokers might have more access to better.
0: Insights. I'm not really sure, but the whole company just seems really clouded and like seems <laughs> real sketchy. Like it's mysterious and like, and I know it's like it's a Chinese-owned company. Like, yeah. I don't know why everybody. I, I do know. Sorry, I 100% do know why. I get that I'm an untouch old dude who doesn't like it, and I do know why people like like it. But do you do you see it lasting, or do you just see it being like another? No, line? I see,
1: well, I see it going more like Snapchat. it, it Instagram is doing Reels, which are TikTok, yeah. and and YouTube has Shorts. In fact, Instagram I think is now pretty safe to say a video platform. It's not really yeah. static photos as much. When I look through my feed, it's almost all video. And they and there's another there's an, another example. At that same time, I did this TikTok. I started posting Reels, on, and it was because of talking to <laughs> to Shane and Kevin. Kevin, yeah, and. Uh, so I started posting those reels, and the numbers on my Instagram went up 500%. In fact, I just hit 100,000 followers today.
0: So yesterday, in anticipation of this podcast, I'm like, I'm going to go and see how Steve's doing on Instagram, because I know he's <laughs> been putting in some work. And I know when we first started this podcast, you had like 80-some-odd thousand followers Yeah, I was it, getting like three
1: you new followers a day or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: you you were doing nothing. That was just rollover from people who saw a video or like whatever found you from some other things. Like, oh, I'm on Instagram too, saw so follow it To see you ramp up 15,000 uh, followers, which are so hard on Instagram <laughs> these days, and doing it all through Reels. And it was it was Kevin Espiritu who was just yeah. like is his, his uh, that that account was just growing and growing and growing. And I went through and I tapped his little real thing and all of his stuff is like very rarely do we post just a picture or something like that yeah and i get it like the whole world is in short form content but now that youtube's opened up all of what they've opened up and they're already pretty much the video platform of like uh, because At this point, we should have had more famous TikTokers, right? Like if it was really going to be a thing which was going to last at this point, this long into it with this many people having this much engagement and this much notability, I think it's kind of reached its saturation point where it's like it's not outstanding to have a million subscribers on TikTok anymore.
1: I've talked to a number of people who uh, I found them from YouTube and I didn't realize that they started, I was just talking to a guy this week who they started on Instagram or TikTok. And they did that, was their entry, and then at some point, it sounds to me like a lot of these Instagrammers and TikTokers realize, wait a second, I can actually make some serious money on YouTube, or I can't really do that over here. I mean, yeah, they've got, like, TikTok has, like, a fund, like, a shorts fund kind of thing, I guess, and Instagram, get enough brand deals or whatever, but everybody I've talked to about that says even Instagram is getting really difficult
0: to make money on these days, so let alone know, I, get I, traction or get noticed or anything yeah. like that because there's a bunch of people who are just doing the things that each of the platforms is encouraging so you have everybody running to youtube to throw shorts on everybody running to instagram to throw reels on everybody starting up their tiktok account da, da, da. And it's almost like you're using the same content in each place and just crossing your fingers and hoping to win the short video lottery what's funny is in all of these kind of conversations
1: i have with people about social media what never comes up facebook (laughs) it's almost and yet at the same time facebook is like bigger than ever i don't know anybody who actually uses it in the real world you know everybody's like but but it's huge and now i'm hearing from these people i've heard from three different people who have told me damn you've got to start posting reels on facebook and i'm like well what i thought i'd do that on instagram doesn't it just automatically they're like no you have to post them directly to facebook and you there are guys who've told me that they're making more money off of reels on facebook than they made all last year on youtube
0: i know people who have very large very very large followings on youtube and like 20 percent of that number on facebook and they spend more time on facebook because they can just make way more money and get way more traction God, i gotta figure this out because right now
1: jelly smack is running all of my videos on there but i i want to do the reels on my own and i think you right. can, can do it might have been to rest there or somebody was telling me that he does them on separately his, himself on the same channel or facebook page And just kills it. So I'm going to have to, but God, Facebook, every time I think about even logging onto Facebook, it's just like, I get like nervous sweats and like, Oh God, I got to try to figure this all out. Cause you have to have like your, your personal page, but then you got to log into your business page, which is a subset of your actual page page. And it's just so fucking confusing. It's like, I cannot figure this out. I just can't figure it out.
0: Every time we have a brand deal and it's like (laughs) one of those larger ones that needs to be across all the platforms and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll post something and boost it on Instagram. We'll do this on YouTube. We'll do this. And can you send us your Facebook business manager info and accept (laughs) the invite for me to be- oh, and then you're lost and I don't know where to go ever. I got I all these business right. invites confusing. and
1: everything. I'm like, these people could just be like totally taking over my It's true. Because I have to, no was, idea what's going you, you,
0: on. You will prove it. it. You're like, do you allow these people to post and know your name? And your <laughs> do you allow social them access to your <laughs>
1: bank accounts? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, why what? Not?
0: You need my credit card information? <laughs> but it's the truth. And um, interestingly, and, and perhaps it's just like, we listen to it. So therefore, of course you can, if you set your ears to hear whatever you want to hear, you're, you're going to hear it. But I, I have heard that people are like, Pinterest is really, it's really <laughs> up and coming now because they have a video component and now people are hitting up. So really you're getting like, well, see, Pinterest has always been a tough one because you can't post. I don't know.
1: I haven't logged on to Pinterest in years, but you can't post of pinterest you have to have you can
0: only pin something that's like from a website or right or something. which is hosted yeah. elsewhere i think the right the rub is like they don't want to host the images you literally just put a thing on your website, and then you put an image on that article, which is Pinterest, si- that's at least the way I right. used to do it. Put a Pinterest sized image and then use that, link it, and then link to that. I, was,
1: I used to be pretty hot and heavy on Pinterest because I, love I Pinterest. around 2013 or 14, I don't know if it's the case anymore, but it was the number one referral site to other websites was pinterest it probably still is and so it was like huge people didn't realize how big pinterest was and probably still is because it's not really thought of as that type of social media because it's really not a lot of two-way conversation it used to just be an inspiration board you just go and like
0: oh if you're decorating a room you pin this wallpaper pin this you know whatever chandelier and 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 you have a visual and that's why i loved it i'm like oh i love just this visual aspect of like oh i'm getting into knitting so here's a visual board of like how to do this or how to do that and you go through and you get to so it's like a little small mini search engine driven by little thumbnails and i i I just love the thought of being able to find information through pinterest and i've always thought that instagram used to be the same way i used to love instagram because it used to just be a picture like picture book and then it just then it became content creators, right? And Instagram yeah. influencers. And then everything became a, sh- a shtick or like a, th- a thing. And then it got away from what I liked about it. So now I push away from Instagram. I push away from, I would I would have closed my account if my mom, bless her, was not. That's the only way I can message my mom. <laughs> so I think Facebook only exists because people's moms and grandmas yeah, need to kind somehow be It has be a messaged reputation and, of that, yeah. And you just need to and share, they, yeah.
1: Yeah, people go on there and they like air their dirty laundry with other family members on their public page. And yeah, but you know, there's you think and Facebook a few years ago, remember they were really they wanted they wanted YouTube's video creators they really bad. Remember, remember yeah, that remember they were all like, the people tell you, yeah,
0: go over to Facebook. They're Facebook just going to demolish.
1: And even now, I don't even know how to get to Facebook Watch, and you can't. I I don't know how to do, do anything search. on Facebook. It's the most ridiculous how do you platform. Anything. See, I think Facebook, what happens, it started out simple and then they started adding feature after feature after feature, but they never took into consideration the whole ecosystem. So it just became this conglomeration of just piled on features and junk that make it almost unusable. And yet there again, you look, it's everybody's grandmother is using it. So, but I guess they're just as users. So maybe it's simpler that way. You don't really have to navigate it.
0: Facebook was around at a time that my mom was interested in learning the best way to be on the computer and communicate with whatever. So it literally filled everything that she wanted. Like she can just see her friends posts and pictures and, and then get like, like use the messenger. That's what we do to, because my mom doesn't have a cell phone. She uses Facebook messenger for a thing. But I remember the day almost vividly, it was the day that Mark Zuckerberg introduced the newsfeed. And I was like, this is going to kill Facebook because now it's just everybody's going to. And now when you go to Facebook, it's a cesspool of people talking about whether you should wear masks or you know, (laughs) Dr. Fauci going to kill everybody, like whatever it may be. And that's what turned a lot of people. That's what turned me away from it because now it's now all my friends are sharing their stupid opinion. I don't I. I like my friends. I don't like their stupid opinions. Are there Facebook influencers?
1: Is that even a thing? Is there like people who are like Facebook specific? That's their focus? Because I, I know they tried to a while back gather up these YouTubers to do yes. original content only for Facebook. But whatever happened with that? Is that still a thing? Ray
0: William Johnson was probably the first notable dude to like not do stuff on his YouTube channel anymore. And he popped up on... Facebook, And he started making those same type of like, con- like cheesy comedy skit. It's almost like if you know how to do good comedy, you'll, you'll end up on YouTube. And, and if you just want to <laughs> do like crap comedy or just like crazy stuff, stuff, yeah, memeable, Yeah, exactly. And I get that it works and maybe it's more appealing to like an older demographic on Facebook <laughs> and the humor must be a little safer, a little cheesier, whatever it is. <sighs> and I'm not judging anyone, but like, that's what he leaned into. He leaned into like making almost like facebook specific content mm. so it's just like all, and he hundreds of millions of views For i don't i don't know if he did well financially but it looked like he kind of took what managed to you know build him up on yeah. his youtube platform change it slightly and successfully do it on facebook hmm. but i don't know if anybody else does it that's weird, that's I, don't know, weird I don't know because i don't know where the videos go i upload a video and then it's <laughs> on <know>. my page <laughs> And it's, can someone search for that? Because I want to type in how to think clean the toilet. Could fa- you can you search
1: Facebook? I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's not for us, Steve. It's not.
0: Stick to TikTok. You're more of a TikTok guy.
1: <laughs> Here we are. See? We did a See? podcast again, Chad. Yeah. Wow. We, we did have something to talk about. I don't know if anybody wants to listen to it or not. I hope so. I hope that people found this a little bit enjoyable and and i think if if you've always enjoyed this podcast stay with us on here on chad and steve version 2.0 we could you know they do seasons some people do seasons so i was
0: thinking about that i was wondering because the episode number continues but you can change it into season i was wondering if we should like season two episode 69
1: i like version two though
0: (laughs) version two v2 yeah Yeah, v2
1: (laughs) Or like the reboot. Everybody's doing like these franchise reboots. You know, (laughs) that's what we can do. It's the Chad and Steve cinematic universe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's awesome.